Welcome to the Weekly Grind by Investing Caffeine, the podcast designed to wake up your investment brain. This is Wade Sloan, founder of Sedoxia Capital Management, author of How I Managed $20 Billion by Age 32, and lead editor of the Investing Caffeine blog. Well, this is podcast number four. Uh, we're slowly getting into a groove. So if you like the show, please spread the gospel by telling a friend or forwarding the Weekly Grind podcast link. And as always, uh, we love your feedback. So please provide us your thoughts on the Weekly Grind podcast by messaging us at info at That's S-I-D as in David. OXIA.com or give us a call at 949-258-4322. We're going to stick with our tried and true agenda this week by reviewing the markets and market moving headlines, move on to cover a few individual stocks, and then finish with uh, my weekly rant, uh, which this week we're going to cover the timely topic of Brexit. So with that, let's go ahead and dive into this week's Grind podcast. Uh, The major indices came roaring back this week after suffering the worst week of 2019. Uh, More specifically, the S&P 500 jumped 79 points, or 2.9%, to 2822. Uh, The Dow Jones Industrial Average gain was uh, strong, uh, higher by almost 400 points, but the gain was uh, was only half the S&Ps at 1.6%. To 25,848. Last but not least, the technology heavy NASDAQ index more than made up for last week's decline by catapulting higher by a whopping 3.8% to 7,688. What were some of the moving sectors this week? Um, There was a definite move towards high beta. So whether we're talking about biotech, semiconductors, emerging markets like Brazil and China, oil service, or just technology in general, all of these sectors were up um, anywhere between 4 and 6%. Unsurprisingly, uh, given the positive move um, this year so far, all these sectors are up du- uh, double digits um, year to date. On the flip side... Uh, the volatility index, or the so-called fear gauge, was down 20% to 1288. Uh, this is approaching an area um, I would consider uh, that, or traders would consider, um, getting complacent. Um, so on a short-term basis, you could say we're uh, probably overbought. Um, there were other non-correlated assets uh, classes like gold, which were flat for the week, and uh, we saw a slight four basis point decline in the 10-year treasury to 2.59%, which helped uh, contribute to a 1% drop in the value of the dollar index to 9655 uh, Lastly, uh, the sluggish data in the housing market caused the housing index ETF uh, to underperform with a slight decline for the week. I believe that's XHB. Um, As I alluded to earlier, bond prices rose modestly by about a quarter percent this week um, as the yield on the 10-year treasury declined by a smidge, um, four basis points, 
as I referenced earlier, to 2.59%. Well, uh, what were some of the other headlines that traders were focused on this week? Um, trade, again, um, was top of mind. Trade talks between the U.S. and China continue to make progress. But late in the week, word came out that a meeting between um, U.S. President Donald Trump and his Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping uh, will push the meeting off until April at the earliest. Uh, Bloomberg News reported a meeting would not come until the end of April. Uh, but U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer told the Senate, quote, Our hope is we're in the final weeks of an agreement. On the other hand, President Trump was more neutral with his comments, saying he's in, quote, no rush for a deal. Um, and in the background of all these discussions, um, the trade uh, data was released in China. They came out with um, weaker-than-expected industrial production numbers. Also this week, we saw the White House submitted a $4.7 trillion 2020 budget to Congress. That featured cuts in entitlements and discretionary items along with big additions to defense and border protection. The budget projects a deficit of $1.1 trillion in 2020, but this, is, this budget is basically only a wish list, so it's nothing set in stone. Um, Congress will make substantial changes, uh, particularly on the controversial border outlays, such as the $8.6 billion outlay to build the wall, uh, which has already been rejected. Okay, um, if you spent any time by the water cooler this week, you probably discussed the college admission scandal. Uh, the, the Department of Justice said 50 people had been indicted in a long-running scheme to get the children of wealthy parents into elite universities what the alleged mastermind William Singer referred to as the side door. Um, an S FBI investigation revealed that parents paid huge sums to bribe proctors to correct SAT and ACT tests and coaches and athletic administrators to claim that their kids should be admitted as top athletes um, when, in fact, in many instances, they didn't even play the sport. Um, on a personal side note... <laughs> Uh, my 13-year-old daughter uh, came across one of the indicted former USC coaches on one of her previous um, club soccer teams. So, uh, yeah, it's obviously very um, widespread even here in Southern California. Uh, the last major headline on Friday, uh, we were faced with the unfortunate terrorist attack in New Zealand. 50 people were killed in attacks on two mosques in Christchurch. A suspect who live-streamed the attack was apprehended and two others were arrested. All right, uh, let's now jump from economics and politics to a few specific stocks. Um, Boeing, um, if you weren't living in a cave, was um, plastered all over CNBC all week. It was down 10%. Um, on the week, on news of the tragic crash of Boeing's 737 MAX 8 jet in Ethiopia that killed 157 people. This was the second crash of the 737 MAX 8, and the FAA, Federal Aviation Administration, eventually decided to ground the planes after the rest of the world um, already 
had uh, completed that. Um, after heavy selling pressure throughout the week, the stock did finish on an upswing Friday when released reports speculated that Boeing could have a software resolution to fix the alleged 737 MAX 8 issue. Um, another stock headlines, Facebook, the social media giant, was dragged down by reports of a criminal probe into data sharing and the exit of two senior managers. Um, worth noting for disclosure purposes, um, Sadoxy and its clients um, own Boeing and Facebook, um, which we profitably have owned for quite a while. Um, so those were the stocks that were on the downside. On the upside, some other names and headlines include Stitch Fix, uh, which was up 25%. Uh, they're the personalized apparel company that automatically delivers clothing based on your preferences. So basically, if you like some of the delivered clothes, you can keep it and buy it. And if you don't like the clothes, you just ship them back and return them. Um, the company, after the 25% move this week, is now valued in excess of $3 billion. They have approximately 3 million active customers. Uh, the move was driven by Stitch Fix's reported um, quarterly results, which were better than Wall Street forecasts. And the company also provided a positive outlook. Um, in addition to the better than expected results, um, a large contributor to the move is the elevated 30% short interest, um, which contributed to the price spike. Um, finally, we have Snap Inc., ticker SNAP, up 18% on an analyst upgrade by Rich Greenfield at BTIG to a buy. He's been a, um, a consistent bear on the stock, um, which caught people by surprise. The stock's trading at around 11, and he put his price target at 15. Um, the company is now valued at approximately $15 billion. Um, a big part of the upgrade was the um, new spending coming from inter international advertisers as they dump more dollars into Snap platform and the expanding international user base. All right, so this brings us to our weekly rant. And as I had mentioned earlier, the topic of the day is Brexit. All right, let's talk Brexit, uh, or uh, British exit, if you will. Um, the original Brexit referendum took place on June 23rd, 2016, almost three years ago. And during that period... What's happened to the U.S. stock markets? Did they go down? No, quite the opposite. Uh, the S&P 500 index is up about 40% and up even more if you include dividends. So if you fast forward to last week, uh, the House of Commons took a series of Brexit votes after Prime Minister Theresa May returned with what she called European Union legal concessions. Her new Brexit plan quickly suffered another defeat in the House. Um, with the deadline only two weeks away, the House first voted to not to exit without a deal. Um, then they voted to push back the deadline. Um, but this will only occur if 
EU members unanimously agree. So we'll find out if the March 29th um, deadline gets pushed out by the EU. So far, the EU has indicated that they would be flexible in accepting that. Um, so once we consider these latest headlines, um, how important is Brexit to U.S. markets? Uh, the short answer is not very. Uh, yet, the media and blogosphere has chosen to continually talk about it for the last three years straight. So first of all, let's put the whole Brexit thing into perspective. How many countries are there globally? About 200 or so. Uh, therefore, since the UK is only one of the 200, that means that there are another 99.5% of the countries to worry about. But let's give the UK the credit they deserve. If you consider the UK is the fifth largest economy on the planet, with the GDP gross domestic product equivalent to $2.9 trillion. Um, sounds like a big number, right? Well, how can we put this into perspective? Hmm, well, uh, $2.9 trillion compares to the U.S. GDP of $20.4 trillion. Uh, so uh, a, a small fraction of that, and even smaller if you consider... The global GDP is $87.5 trillion. That means the UK is approximately 3% of the global economy. So even if you think there's an Armageddon scenario in which the UK economy somehow plummets 10%, the overall global GDP would only contract 0.3%, three-tenths of a percent. Um, so it's really only a rounding error, but this isn't the first time investors and traders have needlessly consumed or gotten distracted by an irrelevant issue. Uh, remember North Korea and Little Rocket Man? Uh, now we hardly hear a peep. Uh, if we go back further in time, how about Greece? Um, how they were going to collapse the entire European Union and the expanded version of that with the pigs countries. Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, and Spain. Uh, we had Iceland, of course, the so-called hedge fund on ice, which was expected to create a negative European contagion. Uh, Cyprus um, banking scandal with Russia, Syria, Crimea, Ebola, SARS, the trade acronyms, TPP, NAFTA, Arab Spring, I mean, the, the list goes on endlessly and endlessly. And yes, each and every one of these had a short-term impact on the financial markets. And today, the concerns revolve around China trade, Brexit, the Fed, and politics. Um, and with the 24-7 news cycle and avalanche of noise that cascades over social media, it can be easy for many to succumb to the endless noise. But what is most important are the factors that actually move the needle. Um, and those important needle-moving factors would include the four economic legs of my, of Sadoxia's stock market stool. This can be uh, another topic for a future podcast. But rather than focusing on the meaningless 
Brexit headlines. Uh, it's important to focus on what's happening with the four legs, which are valuations, corporate earnings, interest rates, and investor sentiment. So if you, if you take a look at those, right now the most credible threat on the overall stock market is a continuing slowdown in China because unlike the UK, China's economy is number two at $16.1 trillion in GDP, which is more than five times the size of the UK. Uh, the good news with China is the government is doing everything in their power to stimulate the economy. And if you consider the trade deal um, eventually gets finalized, that can only help the situation. But again, as I mentioned earlier, the tariffs themselves at an estimated $200 billion on an $87 trillion global economy is a rounding error or gnat. Um, everyone is still panicked about a potential recession, but the typical foundations just simply aren't in place. Um, the largest one, which is overinvestment, which is, we just haven't seen that. So bottom line, Brexit is a meaningless distraction and stock market investors would be best served by turning off the TV and ignoring all the meaningless headlines. What really determines the longer term direction of stock prices is not headlines, but rather earnings, interest rates, valuations, and investor sentiment. So with that, this concludes my weekly rant and another edition of the Weekly Grind podcast by Investing Caffeine. Thank you again for listening. And before I sign off for the week, I want to thank our executive producer, Kevin Weaver, for providing the technical expertise behind the Weekly Grind. As always, we appreciate your feedback. So shoot us a message at info at sidoxia.com, S-I-D as in David, O-X-I-A.com, or give us a call. 949-258-4322. Enjoy your weekly grind and see you again next week.